0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 1307 today. Who are the Tico sisters? Let's get into their backstory here. Punch a Chewy. Hey, I'm Anthony bresnigan covering the Star Wars Galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And Paige and Rose Tico come from a planet called Haze Minor, which is in the Otomuk system, O-T-O-M-O-K. And it is part of a twin planetary system. There is a Haze Major and a Haze Miner. And as yet, we don't know exactly where in the galaxy the Atomic System is. We can say, generally speaking, that it's within First Order territory because the First Order used the planet for its weapons testing, as we found out from Rose in The Last Jedi. And we also found out that Rose's parents, and Paige's parents too, by extension, smuggled the two of them off of Haze Minor as refugees. We find that out in Cobalt Squad in the novel by Elizabeth Wine that we're talking about this week. And so when you hear DJ, you know, Benicio del Toro's character in The Last Jedi, when you hear him talking about hazing smelt, well, that's where it comes from. It comes from their home planet, and it actually has, when you put the two necklaces together, or the two pendants together, it has the emblem of the atomic system on it, which is supposedly a bad thing uh, to be discovered. So, Rose is making sure in Cobalt Squadron that it is well hidden because if the First Order notices that they're from a First Order planet or a planet where the First Order is holding sway, then that might not go very well for them at all. As for Haze Minor itself, we learn that there's no native wildlife on that planet, which is why Rose is so fascinated with the father years when she gets to meet one in The Last Jedi. Of course, she hasn't seen one ever, but it turns out that going to Dakar, actually, to the Resistance base, that's the first time she ever gets to see actual wildlife. They only ever saw pictures and holovids and that sort of thing, and they live indoors on Haze Minor, at least they did, and could only grow food inside under sun lamps, basically. So, Uh, Yeah, it doesn't seem like a uh, (laughs) very hospitable place. It's also a twilight world. They don't get a lot of sun, too. So when they actually left Haze Minor and got out into the wider galaxy, they had to wear uh, basically darkened glasses, sunglasses for all intents and purposes, but, you know, very specific kinds of sunglasses to help them adjust to the greater light levels in the broader galaxy. And they basically went straight to the resistance and we don't necessarily know how they got there. That's one of those interesting and unusual things where, you know, if you decide you want to be part of the resistance, how does one become part of the resistance? How do you find the resistance in order to actually join them? And that isn't detailed in the book. But we do find out that when they meet Leia, they basically say, we want to work for the Resistance. We want to be a part of what's happening here. We want to defeat the First Order. And luckily, they have skills that the Resistance needs. Paige, in addition to being a very good gunner, is also a decent pilot too. And Rose, of course, is a mechanical wizard of sorts. She, even though she sells herself short in The Last Jedi, talking about, you know, just working behind pipes all day, she's the one who invented that power baffler that we get to hear about in The Last Jedi very briefly. It's not cloaked, those little transport ships that ultimately get betrayed and shot down, thanks to DJ. DJ! But the power baffler was supposed to mask their engine output, and it did its job pretty darn well, and basically the first time it was operational and used was in the events of Cobalt Squadron. As Rose points out, though, that baffler isn't going to prevent anybody from laying physical eyes on the ship. It just means that it's not going to show up on a sensor scan with just, you know, routine scanning happening, which is what most people would be doing anyway, not the specialized decloaking scan that the First Order had to run in The Last Jedi. And Leia actually notices with Paige and Rose how particularly personal the events of the novel are. The Terra Alpha and Terra Bravo Planets are being cut off from each other and this is especially bad for Terra Bravo because they can't make their own water except in very small quantities. Their ocean is acidic and really it's a... uh, There's a first order thing about that that I'll tell you about tomorrow that's pretty awful. But anyway... Leia comes to Paige and Rose at one point and says, I know, you know, this must particularly affect you because she knows what happened with Hayes Major and Hayes Minor and how Paige and Rose came to the Resistance as refugees away from the First Order and all of their horrible treatment of those twin planets. Ah, that Leia. She's something else, all right. And I know this is supposed to be about Paige and Rose, but let me just briefly share with you one of the things that Elizabeth Wine shares about Leia as she is describing the scene where Leia meets the stowaways from Terra Bravo, the grandmother and the grandson. It says, Leia faced the gray-haired woman for a moment without speaking, sizing her up. The general was considerably shorter than both the stowaways, but so fully sure of her own authority that her presence always seemed enormous. <laughs> I love that description. I swear, I'm so grateful to the good writers that they've been picking up for all of these novels and their portrayals of Leia, particularly Claudia Gray, and now Elizabeth Wine as well. It cannot be an easy thing to be portraying Leia on the page considering how outsized our impression is of her and of Carrie Fisher in all of our own minds. But, you know, another good job done here. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then come back with one last thing about the two sisters here. Stay tuned. <laughs> Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7 by 7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So, you know, I've been racking my brain about this, and I, you know, I've seen The Last Jedi three or four times. I think it's only three. I really want to see it at least one more time before it goes out of theaters, but um, the thing about Paige Tico, if I remember correctly, is I don't remember her having any dialogue in The Last Jedi. I feel like she must have had at least one or two throwaway lines to begin with, but I do not recall her having a line of dialogue. And funnily enough, I can't find a copy of the script online yet, which is, you know, it's strange because I found copies of the Force Awakens script and the Rogue One script at this time of the year because they had been submitted for consideration for the Oscars for Best Screenplay. I'm assuming that it would have been submitted for Best Screenplay as well, you know, The Last Jedi would have, but, you know, it's sudden somehow hasn't appeared anywhere, but be that as it may. Paige is the older of the two sisters, the more confident and the more outgoing one, and also had that, you know, my number one job is to protect my younger sister kind of mentality as well. And the two of them specifically requested to be assigned together, so that way they, you know, could be together, that one wouldn't lose the other. And they were so inseparable that even when traveling through hyperspace, Rose would leave her monitor station and come down to that bottom ball turret on the resistance bomber to be with her sister, which you know, as a wonderful bond, but at the same time, I think it also kept Rose from kind of growing into her own, and Paige knew that as well, and did often tell Rose that she did not give herself enough credit for how awesome she was. And the events of the novel Cobalt Squadron end up giving her the confidence to be able to step out on her own and unfortunately almost ironically that ends up saving her life and we'll get into that more in a later podcast as well but for today that is going to do it thank you so much for listening as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get set up for your attack run, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not three marks at 210. It's Destiny Unleashed.